It's all fun created equal. Have you ever had a moment during the summer where you question your very decision to end up where you are at that current moment? Like, how did I ever end up here as a camp director? But then once the summer's over, you look back and say, wow, that was incredible. I can't wait to do it again. That might just be type two fun. Join us as we dive into the different types of fun, why they're important, and how we can create them. Welcome to Beyond Camp, a podcast for summer camp directors and leaders by Go Camp Pro. Beyond Camp explores the intersection of camp and the rest of our lives. Camp professionals know that all aspects of our lives affect our camp experience. And Beyond Camp is here to dive into the messy, brave, and joyous conversations that surround that fact. Check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. We here at Go Camp Pro are grateful to the folks at ACA Illinois for their support of our podcasts. The American Camp Association of Illinois is made up of nearly 289,000 members, volunteers, campers, families, and professionals who believe in the power of camp. ACA Illinois works to disrupt the effects of poverty by providing fundamental services for children and families and learning opportunities for camp professionals. Learn more about ACA Illinois by visiting acail.org. Welcome to Beyond Camp, where we explore the intersection of camp in our lives. For too long, camp professionals have referred to camp as being in a bubble. We're here to burst that bubble. We know that camp intersects with every aspect of our lives. We're excited to delve into those with you today. We're your hosts, Rachel Kent. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Cassie Bloy. My pronouns are also she, her. We're here to go beyond camp with you. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening today. Be sure to check out the show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. Now, let's get started. We've been on a bit of a a theme here talking about fun, how to have fun. And so today we are going to talk about the types of fun, because if you're going to have fun, you should at least know what type you're having. And uh, that way you can sort of guide your experiences and your activities to lead you into one of those. So there's three main types of fun. And of course, we'll start off with Cassie and some research on those types. But as a quick overview, we have type one fun, which is just inherently fun. So hanging out with your friends, enjoying a beverage of your choice on a nice sunny day. Uh, The weather's not too hot or too cold. It's just like the perfect moment. That's type one fun. It's just inherently fun. Type two fun is when you have planned something and it goes a little bit off the rails. Like you're like, oh, you know, it'd be great to run an ultra marathon. And then you get into that ultra marathon. You're like, wow, this is truly awful. But then afterwards you're like, wow, that was amazing. We'll dive more into that because that's really, I think, where we're going to focus. We talked more about type one fun when we talked about different ways to have fun. And now this time we're really going to delve into type two. Uh, Type three fun is just awful. It's just when you plan something and it's just terrible. An article we read, I talked about off widths in climbing or writing a book where it just sucks the whole time. And afterwards you're like, wow, I'm glad it did this, but it still sucked. Uh, So that's not a part we're really going to get into. We're really going to get into type two. But as always, we're going to start off with Cassie and some wonderful research from her. Yeah, this was such an interesting research because I actually had no clue what I was searching when I started. I was like, type two fun. Sure, Rachel said this is a thing. Let's let's learn about it a little bit so that I know what I'm talking about. That's apparently was- where we get all of our new podcast episodes <laughs> is when partway through an episode, Rachel's like, oh, we could talk about this. And then we make a note for next time. So thanks, Cassie, for learning something new for us. No worries. It was actually so interesting to read and learn about these different types of fun and realize that how many times you've either been in type one or type two or type three, right? Like you've probably had some type three fun. It probably wasn't fun. And I think what's most important when we look at really type two fun, which is what is really kind of one of the more intentional funds where, you know, something's fun, but it also might be a little bit hard. 
and there's a little bit of a moment of like difficulty and think of it like the crux when you're climbing, right? It's that moment that you have to overcome and, or something kind of went wrong, right? You might've been like, oh yeah, we're going for a hike. That hike didn't go to plan, (laughs) but the memories and the laughter that occurred probably while have in that moment, in that moment probably weren't fun, but looking back and reflecting on it is a pretty solid memory of actually, you know what, this was kind of fun. But what's really interesting as you really dive into it is what you get from that type two fun, right? Those moments of, you know, maybe a little bit of higher stress or of difficulty really allow you to challenge yourself and to step outside of your comfort zone, to try something new that maybe you didn't intend on doing, but you did anyways, because you were there and it was in the moment. And that's really where grit and resiliency come in. Right? Like these things that we need in our lives that don't always show up when we try to plan them, right? If we try to make an activity resilient or we try to make it so that somebody is gaining grit, that's kind of hard to do, to plan that. So these ones kind of get you in that space to grow those skills and to become more resilient and have more grit. I like that. Thanks, Cassie. Um, I think that research is really interesting. And so I sort of know type two fun from coming from the outdoor world and people talk about that in terms of like when you're running a really hard line on a river or climbing or hiking and it like sucks in the moment and then afterwards you're like, that was amazing. Um, and so why are we bringing this to be on camp? Um, well, I think that there's a lot of ways in which type two fun is part of camping. And I also want to say that I don't think that type two fun is purely physical. I think that's where a lot of folks have written about it is that like element of physical suffering. But I imagine that type two fun is also present in somebody who's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bake, you know, 1200 cookies for something, whether it be a camp or a fundraiser (laughs) or something. And it like sounds like a great idea. And then you get into it and all of a sudden there's cookies flying everywhere and there's chaos ensuing and you're running out of ingredients. But then you get to the end and you have all the cookies and you deliver them and you're like, wow, this was amazing. So I think, although my experience with it has been from a physical standpoint, so that's what I'm going to relate to. Um, I do think it exists in lots of other ways. And so I don't want to folks to think that that's a barrier to accessing this type of fun or to setting up this type of fun for people because it absolutely is not. Um, And perhaps Mm -hmm. that's a way in which the research on this is not equitable. I don't know if you found anything about that, Cassie, but different types of... Yeah, so much of it focused on the outdoor world and just being outside and doing things that were hard outside. But I totally get that. Like I'm thinking of a time when, you know, my cooks quit in the middle of summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never cooked. Was it fun getting up at six o'clock to cook breakfast for everybody every day? <laughs> no, but in the end, I have like this new skill. <laughs> I can I, cook. One of my first memories or like moments that like stays, stands with me for our first year directing, I was directing a small little uh, summer camp. I was just a seasonal director um, and we didn't have a cook yet. And I'd been up until like 3 a.m. with a kid. And then I was like up at 6 a.m. to make French toast and sausages for 70 people. <laughs> and at the moment I was just like, what is happening? Um, and now I look back on it. I'm like, wasn't that fun? Like we got through that. So I think that there's always yeah. like that element of pushing yourself, but it doesn't have to be in a like physical uh, launching yourself up a mountain type of way. So um we're going to get into how this ties to camp and why we think it's important to camp, but let's start with, we'll get a little bit personal to start here. So Cassie, we've talked a little bit about how type two fun is showing up mm-hmm. in your lives. Um, can you maybe, and I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball here, share an example of what like type one fun would look like for you uh, or has looked like for you recently. 
Um, you have some fun in, in your. I, I do. I do some some. All right, just a small amount. So yeah, pick something that's like type one fun, uh, and then. Can you give us an example or two of like type two fun in your life? So yeah, just so folks sure. can really see the difference. This is so awful because type one for fun for me is so passion driven. This is those hmm. things I really love doing. So literally a couple of days ago, I got to teach other people in my organization at the company I work for how to facilitate. And we got to play games like team building initiatives <laughs> for <laughs> two and a half hours. Was that long enough? No. But do they have enough skills to take this new product that we've developed out and help build it across the network? Yes. And that so, was your fun, Cassie? It was so much fun. I think it was not only fun because I got to like use these skills and facilitate because I love it. Love it so much. Mm-hmm. But I also got to interact with people and there was laughter and there was um, joy with everybody. And it was just really uplifting after a week of sitting listening to you know updates. And just so that I can brag about my co-host, Cassie was one of the top presenters at that conference. So just, or the top presenter, Cassie? Yeah, in 2021, yes. And pushing for 2022 as well. Oh, there you go. Cassie's a big deal. So yeah, it's inherently fun because you're just enjoying it while you're doing it. It's not a stressful moment. You sort of have the skills and all those different components of fun that we talked about. Okay, that's a really cool example. I like that. And it's Mm -hmm. different because it's not physical. Type two fun. What's type two fun look like for you? Oh, type two fun is going to push me outside of my comfort zone. So like... This is going to be when you make me try to go to a networking event, <laughs> right? Like it's way out of my comfort zone. Is it going to be fun in the end? Probably. Is it going to help in some way? Yes. But I also think like that's way out of my comfort zone. But I think the other type of fu- unintentional fun for me or type two, sorry, not unintentional, my brain, um, <laughs> type two fun for me can sometimes be those big physical challenges. I think especially through COVID, as much as we all wanted to be out there doing things, some of us, you know, lost that opportunity to go out and do things as at the level we're used to doing them. So now it's a little bit harder to do and to take that step um, to go, you know, back out and, you know, go climbing again in Mm. a gym. And that's not going to look fun for a little bit because it's going to be challenging, almost resetting those skills. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I like that. Um, and to realize that like you can still have fun at something that you're not an expert at. And that's probably mm-hmm. its own separate podcast right there. <laughs> How do we set kids up to have fun and success uh, when they're not experts at something right away? Mark that one down, Cassie, for the future. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Those are great points. I think for myself, um, type one fun is just like playing with people, like with kids. Um if that's like a camp, like it's just that like sporadic little moment where I'm suddenly playing tag with a child or I'm dancing with a kid where like nothing was planned. It's just in the moment. We're just like being silly, waving our hands around, having a great time. Um, that's to me, that's just fun. Um, there's nothing to be learned from it. I don't, well, I shouldn't say that. There's always something to be learned from everything, Rachel. Um, but there's no, there's no underlying lesson that you're trying, I'm trying to learn. There's no push. I'm just having fun. Um, those are the moments that I think of. I think of like dancing on the dock with a kid before we jump in the water together. That's my like type one fun. Um, when I think of examples of type two fun in my life, um, I think of things, um, there's two examples. I'll give one that's not camp related one that is. So my not directly camp related one uh, was I uh, went to school for outdoor adventure leadership. And as part of that, we 
went on a two-week expedition and we paddled a good portion of the Broadback River in northern Quebec in Canada. It's beautiful. Uh, and there happened to be a forest fire while we were there because there was a lightning strike. Uh, the forest caught fire. And as happens in the wilderness, nobody puts out that fire because that's part of the natural cycle of things. Um, and so we had to paddle through portions of it where it was like on one side of the river. And I mean, it's a large river, so we were safe, but uh, it was stressful and just there were moments of the whole trip that were really physically challenging. Um, there was like bigger white water than I'd ever paddled, more paddling to be done, big winds, et cetera. Uh, and I look back and it's like one of the greatest memories I have. But in the moment, it was hard and scary. Um, and there was a lot of uncertainty. The other type of type two fun that I think about is uh, there was a moment at camp um, where there were a few things that came together perfectly to create this moment. One uh, was that there was a norovirus outbreak at camp. Uh, and two was that we'd had um, a barbecue, like type buffet meal, and a child managed to eat so many sliced pickles, like so many bread and butter pickles. It was unreal. We were not aware of this until somebody was like, hey, Rachel, uh, could you come to this cabin? Um, a child has been sick. And I was like, yeah, of course I'm there because if like, you know, something needs to be cleaned up, I will absolutely be there as the camp director to help out with that. Um, and the buildings at this camp were a little bit different than some camps. There's, um, so it houses like sleeps 40 people. So there's like a long hallway down the middle and there's rooms on either side. And then the bathroom is at the end. And the child was in one of the first rooms and managed to walk. Uh, I'm just going to put a little trigger warning or content warning here that I'm going to talk about vomit a fair bit. So you can skip forward about a minute and a half. If you'd like to skip this, um, managed to walk and puke like the whole way down the hall into the bathroom, into the sink, into a bathroom stall, all around the bathroom stall. There were just like pickles everywhere. It was a wild time. So me and the staff were like, all right, here we go. And so we're just like cleaning this all up. Um, and I don't know if you've ever used the like powder that you put down that like clumps liquids and you just like sweep that away. Useful stuff, smells great. Add it to your cleanup list if you don't have it already. Anyway, so we put that down, but turns out that if you don't effectively sweep it off the floor and then you go to mop, it actually creates a skating rink on your tiled hallway. And next thing you know, it's like 2 a.m. and we're skating down this hallway, trying not to wake all the children um, after cleaning up all these pickles. Uh, so long story short, although I suppose I made that a long story, uh, we still laugh about that now. In the moment, it was not bringing us any joy, <laughs> but looking back, we're like, yeah, that moment, like we came together as a team and we got through it. Anyways, so that's my second type two fun story. That's great. I just like, I can just picture like fully grown adults, just like pissed at the world, trying to like mop this stuff up, but like their feet are going out and there's a hallway and like, you're like, it's kind of like horizontal, like feet to one side and like yeah, mop and the other way. Yeah, and to be quiet because all the children yeah. are finally <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It did look exactly like that, Cassie. Thank you for illustrating that. Um, and so I think that brings us to a great point of how these types of fun show up at camp. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to talk a little bit about how type two fun especially shows up at camp. And then we'll take a quick break for our ad read and then we'll get back into the power of these moments of fun and how we create these. So Cassie, when you think about camp, it could be day camp or overnight camp. Mm -hmm. How do you think type two fun shows up? I think it shows up in a lot of ways. The more and more I think about it, like there's moments that it's going to look different for each child at camp and for each staff member too, because I think we have to remember that they're going to experience moments of type two fun. And that's going to look different to what people find fun or challenging because I think we need to look at it from both perspectives where is the challenge for each person so for one child that might be you know overcoming a certain spot on the climbing wall and then when they get down and they're super excited and that was so much fun 
right? There's those little tiny moments, but then I think there's the bigger ones as well of like actually succeeding for their first week of overnight camp after struggling on night one and two and making it through to the end of the week and having had a great time. And those kids that you like, you're like, oh my God, sh- should they be here? Like, is this going to be fun for them? But then they don't want to leave at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. I feel that way sometimes about directing in general, where there are all these <laughs> moments during the summer where I like, just, I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like how this is so mm, hard. Yeah. Like why, like, why did I decide to get here? And then at the end of the summer, you look back and even when it's a hard summer, generally speaking, I would mm-hmm. look back and be like, I love this. Like, I love my job. I'm so grateful for this. I have all these like positive feelings, but in the moment I'm like, what the hell were you thinking, Rachel? Pardon my yeah. language. But when I started, I had great intentions about the summer and then it goes off the rails a little bit. It comes back. So to me, directing in general is like the epitome of type two fun. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, I think it's usually like week five of your summer. We all know week five, pretty sure that uh, we just, everybody, your whole staff team is just like burnt out, tired, exhausted. And, you know, but then by week seven, they're like, pushing through again and having fun and interacting. And there's that moment of like, yeah, this is hard, but we can have fun. Absolutely. So we're going to leave it on that note and take a quick break. And we will be right back after this. Did you know that every year in Illinois, over 6,000 young people living in poverty gain access to summer camp? We know camp to be an influential milestone in a young person's life. And what better way to help transform these very lives than working with thousands of camp professionals to help them gain access to expert training and professional development. Help us send kids to summer camp by donating to the American Camp Association of Illinois or learn more about training opportunities at ACAIL.org. All right, welcome back to Types of Fun. We're going to just keep on rolling with this. So Cassie, you did a bunch of research and we touched on that a little bit. Um, And I think we can all agree that Type one and type two fun are both important. And we're not really going to delve into type three because that's really not the type of experience that I think we're generally looking to create at camp. I think there are certainly some camps um, that maybe are going for that. I think my understanding of type three fun is, to be honest, quite limited. And I think it is more about what you get at the end of it and the like yeah. satisfaction of writing a book or like pursuing something incredibly physically difficult, but you still didn't enjoy any part of it. And I'm not certain that that's falls within your or my experience of camp. Yeah, Um, I would agree for sure. So it's important, but we're going to sort of focus on type one and type two. So again, we have type one, which is inherently fun and type two fun, which is fun afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the power in one type of fun versus the other? I think they're equally valuable, right? But I think you also have to consider the moment that you're in too, right? Is it, especially at camp, is it day one or is it day four? Mm-hmm. at camp. At day one, I think we want more type one fun, things that are going to be more natural and more comfortable where we're wanting people to form these bonds and to come together as a group where we do all of our community building and getting to know one another and learning what camp is about. Really, that's especially for first time campers. That's where a lot of that happens is in those first kind of 24 to 36 hours. Mm-hmm. But as the week intensifies, I think that's where type two fun becomes more important so that we can actually have measurable outcomes. Let's, let's just be businessy about it, right? Hmm. What's that change we're going to see in the child? What's that skill they're going to develop because they had a challenging moment? Yeah. And I think it's how it's framed too, right? Because if you sh- showed up at camp and uh, well, let me backpedal a little bit here. I think part of it has to do with age. Um, part of it has to do with how it's framed. 
uh, because I think type two fund for a six-year-old and a 16-year-old look very, very different. Um, And I think, you know, if you've signed up for a canoe tripping camp um, or a backpacking camp and you show up and you know it's going to be hard from the get-go and that's what you wanted, then sure, you could start with type two fund. But generally Mm -hmm. speaking, I think you want type one fund because it creates stronger bonds right away because it helps folks get relaxed. It helps them build social Mm -hmm. connection. um, It helps them step outside of themselves a little bit. uh, And it helps bring down some of that social anxiety because you're just having fun together. Yeah, definitely. And I would say like, that's, if you have that in your group, you're more likely and more probably willing to have type two fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you need to have both types of fun because, well, maybe you don't. I think (laughs) of type one fun as being like going to an all-inclusive resort uh, where you're just, you're not pushed at any point. You're just hanging out the whole time. And sometimes that's what we need in our life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you mentioned that you were going to a cabin to hang out by yourself for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. I'm so jealous of that. Um, but that could be type one fun if you, you're you just going to disconnect and spend time mm-hmm. with yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. Whereas type two fun might be, I'm going to go hiking because I need to like experience pushing myself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I think that there's power and importance um, in both of those. But I think like let's talk about how we can create type two fun at camp because I think it's easiest mm-hmm. to create type one. You know, yeah. you plan like a fun wide game, uh, you're planning a fun craft. I will say, I feel like crafts could be type two fun for me because it is rare that I enjoy <laughs> the entire process of baking a craft. But afterwards, I could be proud of myself and be like, okay, maybe that was fun. Although I would be hesitant. Maybe crafting is type three fun for me. Anyways, back on track, Rachel. Um, <laughs> Cassie, do you have thoughts about how we can create one type of fun versus another? I definitely do. And I think it comes back to like our experiences and our skill sets, right? And thinking about going outside that box of how can we how can we challenge ourselves to create type two fun? Let's start with that. I think we're like great at doing type one fun. It's easy, it's simple. We know this, we know this game that we play every year is a is a hit. And if we don't play it, somebody's gonna be upset, right? <laughs> There will be a massive uproar in your campers if you don't do that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are your type ones, but fun. But the type two, I think we need to be better at planning more intentionally, at taking that moment and going, okay, who's this going to be a challenge for? What are they going to get from this? How are we going to talk about that as well? Like hmm. when you have that type two fun and you have that hard moment, do you let it sit? Or do you actually dive into it a little bit further and keep pushing that skill over the course of the week? What are your intentions with it? Right? So to me, I'm looking at like, how can we be more intentional about defining what somebody might get from it when we go into that activity? And like, think a little bit more, like even simple, I thinking of like the creativity exercise from Michael Brandwine, thinking about like, how do we change it up? How do we change up soccer? Right? Mm-hmm. rectangle field ball two nets two teams right how do we how do we change that up we add more balls we add more people we change the size of the field we change where the net's positioned all right we can do so much to change it up how can we change up what we're already doing not necessarily to make it more fun but to make it more fun and have more intention I like that. It really comes down to framing. Um, you know, I sent a friend of mine uh, an article that we'll post in the show notes about the different types of fun. 
Um, and I was like, oh yeah, like this is what we're podcasting on today. And she goes, oh, so type two fun is like taking out all the docs at camp in November. And I was like, mm. yes. And when I think about that, I, for some reason, think about the act of setting up our waterfront. We used to have a large waterfront at camp. Um, and, you know, we often think of it as just like a maintenance day. And I think every camp often has these, like your staff are just required to do a certain amount of maintenance and it kind of sucks and you get through it. But I think you can turn it into type two fun by how you frame it. A, can you create an, an environment when you're doing this thing that sucks? That's kind of mm. fun because for yeah. us, at least it was going to be long hours. Uh, it's hot. It's a, always a little bit disorganized. Um, and it's like hard physical work often, um, or just like frustrating work. Cause like nobody really knows how things go together. I don't know. So yeah. Like how, how are we framing it? I think that's what you're talking about in terms of intention. Yeah. So how are we setting it up? Um, what's happening during it? And then also how are we debriefing it or what are, how are we speaking about that experience afterwards? And I think debriefing it and how we speak about it are two separate things. Um, I think when we are leading a group and we're talking about something afterwards, being like, wow, like realizing that you don't want to have toxic positivity while something is happening. Like you've been like, wow, this really sucked. But then afterwards being like, wow, that really sucked. And it was kind of fun. Wasn't it? Like the way that we lead um, after an activity, I think helps frame what type of fun that we just had as you say that I think there's also value in how we talk about it before we start it right if you go oh we have to go do this really awful task and you know it's gonna suck well then it's gonna suck no matter what but if you go in with a hey we got to take the docs out today what can we do to make this fun do you guys want music do you want this like what can I add to it to help it be a little bit more enjoyable for you today versus so kind of like coming around it from the other side how can we help make it more fun. I think also acknowledging that some things just suck. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pouring rain and these docs have to come out. Uh, we don't have any choice. It's going to suck and we're all going to get through it together. I think we've all had those moments mm-hmm. where you're just like cold and miserable. That's at least what I think of with these different things. And you're like, this is going to suck and we're going to figure it out. Whether it's yeah. like moving all the kids' luggage in the pouring rain on like outtake day when all the kids are leaving or, you know, whatever. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's acknowledging that it's going to suck. Uh, turns it into that kind of type two fun. Because remember, when we're in type two fun, we aren't necessarily having fun while we're at it. It's that memory afterwards. It's like, what are we taking away from it? Um, And I think part of that is through debriefing as well. Um, And actually, let's come back to debriefing in a moment. Um, Because Cassie, you talked a little bit about growth and resilience coming from type two fun. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I think there's it's that value of the moment, that hard moment and what occurs for each person in that moment. So at that, I'm just going to keep with the crux because I think that's a fairly common-ish term that most people can connect with um, in the camping-ish world, uh, that hard moment that you have to get through, right? And what comes from that, right? What is that thing that you accomplished to get there? And how did that leave you feeling, right? Was it a short-term thing or was it longer, right? So for me, I'm looking at, I went on a hike once. And we got to the top and we were like, yeah, great. And it was literally the markers were like spray painted dots on the rocks on the like ground. And we missed one of them on the way down. And we went another way down, <laughs> right? One person ate their lunch too early and was really fading on the way down. Um, we had some backup food, but not a ton because we were like, it's a day hike. Like we've got what we need. We were pre- prepared for that. Um, it's also a fairly traffic trail. Weren't too worried about it. But did we come down like the wrong gully and have to traverse a bog and like 
get wet feet and like trying to keep this person moving who's super unmotivated. And I'm like, yikes, like this is going to be rough. Like, and another person's like super fast and going hard to try to like weave our way. And we have a phone that says you parked here. So we're trying to like, (laughs) I know it was bad. But from that, for me, was like a huge moment of growth going, you know what? We had the skills in our group to do this successfully. Mm. And I think our bond from that was at least for two of us. <laughs> the other person doesn't remember a lot of it. She was just so out of it. Oh, <laughs> it was kind of, it was well. kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of like pulled together and we're like, okay, which way? Like pull out the phone. Okay, let's keep going. And eventually we caught back right up to the trail. And the group that was behind us was now just like a hundred yards in front of us. <laughs> okay, that builds resiliency because you are you overcoming something. Continuing to work through the problem and figure out which way you're going and how you're going to move forward to like continue to push that that through that moment. So it might not be might be a short moment for some people, but it also might be like a couple hours long to gain that resiliency and that. And I think especially when it comes to resiliency and growth the more often you're put in those situations to get outside of that comfort zone, whether you intended it or not, (laughs) right? (laughs) You need to keep going and you need to be in those situations regularly. Otherwise I feel like it can also like fade. Absolutely. And so when we talk about growth, I think the reason that type two fun is important. The reason why I think we need to put type two fun into our camp programming is because growth comes from being uncomfortable. And part of type two fun is that you're inherently uncomfortable Mm-hmm. during portions of it. Um, and we have to put ourselves and other people in those spots. It also helps a group really bond, like you mentioned, when you've gone through something uncomfortable together. And of course, everybody is not going to get the same um, level of growth or fun out of it, I don't think. And you can, because we all have different yeah. experiences, but when we talk about framing, we can frame it so that everybody has somewhat equitable outcomes. And I think that that's important as well. And so I want to, we're just sort of finishing up here, but I want to come back to the debrief part. I think that the way that we debrief an experience really can shape whether or not a person sees it as type two fun or just a miserable experience of their life. Mm. And I think as directors and as leaders, how we reflect back on it is important. And it's not with toxic positivity. It's not being like, wow, that was amazing. And everybody's like, were you even at the same thing that I just did? Like that was miserable. I'm holding myself back from squaring right now in case anyone's wondering. Um, So like how we frame it, not being toxic, not with that toxic positivity, but recognizing that things were hard and then recognizing that we did it together. And wasn't that a wild thing that we just accomplished? Um, And I think debriefing it that way through that lens is really powerful. Yeah. My brain's always now going like, I want my feelings marketplace cards where it has like all the feelings written on them in these cute little graphics. And like, so that people can like pick out an emotion of like, and you could like load it with some of the more difficult emotions or the frustration or the like unmotivated type one so that people can really connect with that like emotion, but then be like, okay, now pick another one from this pile that's loaded with kind of those more successful emotions of like joy, happiness, like success, and seeing how they connect those words, it also helps us talk about our feelings better. Absolutely. And everyone knows we love to talk about our feelings or help people talk about <laughs> their feelings. Well, this is great. I think it was really fascinating to, to talk about different types of fun, Cassie. Um, thank you, as always, for doing mm-hmm. all that research for us. I'm going to pass it over to you to uh, take us out from another great episode together. Yeah.
I'm like, my brain's like, oh, we're done. Okay, cool. Um, so the recharge station is something we like to do every week. And it is about self-care and remembering that it's important to acknowledge that in some of the harder times and how you're going to manage it. It's also something we often struggle with as camp professionals. But it's not about you know paying money to go to the spa or doing this or doing that. But it's about charging your batteries and helping you feel inspired. And it looks like Rachel has something again for us this week. Yeah, this week is a challenge for you. So when we think about the different types of fun, it's in the next uh, week or two to pick one type of fun, type one or type two, and plan something for yourself that's going to push you and that you're going to enjoy if that's what you need right now in your life, or just type one fun because you just need to relax a little bit and bond with the folks around you. That sounds amazing. Get your fun in, folks. Thank you for joining us Beyond Camp. We hope that you were able to connect and reflect with us as we journey beyond the property lines and take camp with us wherever we may go. We also want you to be able to reach out and connect with us, myself and Rachel at beyondcamp at gocamp.pro. Please remember to check out our show notes. We'll put some of the research articles that I read in there today, um, blogs, other stuff as well that just kind of help you connect different examples and lastly, we want to put out a big thank you to Go Camp Pro for continuing to hold space for these conversations and allowing our uh, flexible schedule of recording to occur <laughs> to ACA Illinois for their continued sponsorship and support of us, to our producers, Matt and Jotham, for making us sound amazing each and every week, and to you, our listeners, for making the time to listen and to allow us to keep moving forward. Beyond Camp is part of the Go Camp Pro podcast network. Check out all our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcasts. Go well and safely, friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Beyond Camp is a part of Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.